This is the Rabbit Hole Podcast. This show is dedicated to my boxing coach, Charlie Smith. I found out earlier this week that he had passed away. He was 82 years old. He lived a long, long, long life. He was a professional boxer. He had 40 wins with five losses and two draws. He even won the California boxing title in 1960 and uh, successfully defended it in 1962. He also worked as a longshoreman. I believe he actually retired as a from the longshoreman warehouse. And he had a deep love for boxing, most importantly, coaching boxing. He coached many, many, many a men and female. Um, and he always had a big smile on his face. He always was very positive. He loved life. He loved to dance. He loved to listen to the news. And what was really interesting about Charlie was that he was partially blind. Whenever he would work us out, he always wore these dark prescription sunglasses because any uh, sunlight or any light would really impact uh, his, his vision and I believe give him headaches and things like that. But he was always, always cool. Wherever there was a boxing gym around in Northern California, everybody knew of Charlie. From the Boys and Girls Club in Richmond, California, to the Red and White Gym in Rodale, California, to the Boys and Girls Club in Vallejo, uh, to the boxing programs in Concord. Um, everybody knew Charlie. He was a, a, a really good man. And he was the one who helped me jumpstart my love and fascination with boxing. He always also said that there's no better shape than boxing shape. Boxers are some of the most physically fit athletes there are. When you become a boxer and you are a serious boxer, there's very strict diet restrictions that you you must abide by. The intense uh, training and the workouts must have great cardio. And just when you're in the ring against another person, just that exertion of energy, getting hit, throwing punches, breathing, moving, slipping, sliding, working those angles, spinning around, jumping back, jumping forward. You're, you're, You're exerting a lot of energy. with that type of sport but Charlie at the end of the day was a great man he was respected I appreciate him and what he did for me with sparking my interest in boxing and showing me how to be a boxer not only a boxer but a smart boxer one who was defensive that was his number one thing Learn how not to get hit. You don't need to get hit. Use this defense. He, he was the one that was showing showing us that shoulder roll with that follow-up punch right behind it. He always taught us that that jab was the, the, the punch that you set up other punches with. Get a nice solid jab. You can, uh, whoever, he always taught us, whoever had the better jab would be the one who would be winning the fight. 
and um, he was just a good guy, and he'll be missed. So what I like to do is also, as a tradition in boxing, whenever we lose one of our one of our greats, we go ahead and send them home with the ten bell salute. Rest in peace, Charlie. You are now entering the Rabbit Hole Podcast. Where would it lead? What's next? And who knows? But follow me and let's explore it together. What I can tell you is that we'll explore the past, the current, and future. My name is Shane, and I'm your host, and welcome to the Rabbit Hole Podcast. Today, we have a great guest. We're going to actually speak to a gentleman by the name of Will Kaysan. Um, and he's a professional public speaker and a success coach. We'll go ahead and give him a call uh, in in a few minutes here. But make sure you check out our past episodes here. We have some very interesting people that have shared uh, quite a bit of information about themselves and the industry that they are in. Take, for instance, uh, Dynamic Women in Hollywood was our last podcast interview with uh, Heidi McGowan. She was the production manager and she works on one of the comedy hit show called Blackish. Definitely check that out. Time before that, we had Dr. Randall. He's an African-American traditional Chinese medicine doctor, practitioner. Very, very good information. He provided a lot of great information on going through the procedures of acupuncture, uh, some uh, Chinese uh, medical herbs, um, and then so on. And then a time before that, we actually spoke to a gentleman by the name of Sean Darrell. He was our nuclear medicine uh, technologist. Very good interview that was as well. And then before that, we talked to a gentleman who had a career, has a career in Internet networking. That was a very good conversation. Make sure you check that one out. You can find all of these podcasts and make sure you go ahead and do a search for the Rabbit Hole podcast and you will find all of them. And, and I can't not recognize and remind you all to be motivated by your dreams. That was our second podcast by a good friend of mine, Kim Wilson. And then the time before that, Women in Cloud Computing. Yes, there's a lot of great things happening here on the Rabbit Hole Podcast. We are pushing out a lot of great information, a lot of great tricks and tips on how to um, get into these particular industries, into these types of jobs, and we're learning from the experiences of our guests. So let me go ahead and contact Will and bring him into the call. 
And let's see what we will discover today with each of these podcasts. Uh, you know, they're getting better and better. Um, I'm glad that uh, people are listening. Um, we're getting some very positive feedback. And um, we're on our ninth podcast session. And I'm very excited. We're, we're getting closer to uh, a nice even number, 10. And, um, you know, we're going to go ahead and continue going from there. Super Sunday, this is Will. Super Sunday to you too, sir. This is Shane Hare. How you doing today, Will? Shane doing a wonderful today, brother. Another great day. Good, good. Right now you are live and direct on Rabbit Hole Podcast. We're broadcasting live over Blog Talk Radio. So those who are t- tuned in, um, they, are, they are hearing us live. Oh, that's so, what I'm saying. Thank you again for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for um, you know adjusting your your schedule today to take some time out and have a conversation with us. Thank you again for um, allowing us to um, become part of your world as well, sir. So, what you been up to, Will? But saying I'm really excited. A lot of things I've been up to really impact communities and also impact lives of students. And for the past six months, I've been working on designing a mentoring and leadership program for students, middle and high school students, to inspire them to be the best that they can be and to uh, make great choices and also to help them to realize their vision and their passion to do phenomenal things. Yes. Yes. Um, When you say school, are these college-age students, uh, high school students, middle schoolers? Yeah, it's a combination of both. You know, as an international speaker, I get a chance to um, speak with various crowds and students from all ages. But my concentration really different. And the whole goal um, of these seminars that I've created for them is called Reach Victory. And it's to get students to start thinking about what are some of the things that they want to accomplish in life? What are some goals, dreams, or visions that they have? and then develop a commitment to do those things by creating an action plan, daily steps that they're willing to take and committed to take on a daily basis to reach the results that they desire. Nice. So is that some sort of, uh, is that called life coaching? What, 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 what area would that be considered? Is that counseling, life coaching? And yes, it falls right in alignment with life coaching and also personal growth and development. And the um, the work that I'm doing is based on my first book, Visualizing Your Victory. And I'm actually teaching a class in Fremont on the fourth Sundays of each month at uh, Fremont, in Fremont at uh, Family Bible Fellowship, where I talk about these key principles and how people can apply these steps into their life and um, just pursue those things that they've dreamed about. Excellent. How did you How did you get into this field? Will as a life coach? Well, many years ago, I mean, I've already always had that little passion, and I call it the little passion early on when I was in like high school to talk to my friends, and I was the one that, to give a little motivational hurrah speech in the locker room and inspiring others. But I really didn't know what it was, and I didn't understand the gift that I was given until about 10 years ago. I uh, got a chance to meet my wife and I, Kimberly, and our kids were walking through the airport in Nashville, Tennessee, and 
saw a person in the airport that I looked that looked familiar, and I went to introduce myself. I said, "Yeah, that's Mr. Les Brown." I introduced myself, and oh, I gave him one of the quotes that he said years ago and constantly says, "It's better to be prepared for an opportunity and not have one than to have an opportunity and not be prepared." And as I said that, he said these words to me: "What is it that you want to do?" And I said, "Mr. Brown, I would like to become an international speaker." And he said, I can help you with that if you're really serious. And so it's been 10, 11 years ago that um, I really got clear about what I wanted to do and my purpose and my gift in life. And then I took the necessary action steps to be trained, to take the necessary classes, to um, attend Les Brown Speakers Network, and then advance his Platinum Speakers Network, and develop myself as a speaker and also as a personal development coach. Yeah, the Les Brown, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Um, I, I listened to him on the daily, um, and it wasn't until I actually started these podcasts, Will, that I actually became familiar with him. And one of my favorite sayings is the one that you just mentioned also, right? But then the other one is, aim for the moon, but if you miss, you're still amongst stars. That guy is so oh, yeah. positive. And then another one he is, even if you fall down and you land on your back, that's all right because you're looking up, and that means you can still get up. I mean, you can get up. That's guy, right. <laughs> you can still get up, man. He's so powerful. And, you know, it's just, I, mean, I, I don't know, man. I don't want to get all excited and start foaming at the mouth and, you know, start talking about Les uh, Brown. Let's talk about you, one of his uh, his disciples, let's say. So you, you started his classes. Then you actually, I heard you just say you, you wrote a book and you're actually, you know, you, you're coaching um, the students um, in in high school. And is the, are you also teaching them in college um, environments as well? Yes. Well, I designed a program that's been used in colleges and it's based on my book on visualizing your victory. And from time to time, colleges will invite me in as a keynote speaker and they'll take principles mm -hmm. of my book. And I will talk about those. The first college to pick it up was uh, Mission College in Santa Clara. Yes. And I got a chance to visit that campus on, on several occasions, a great professor they have over there by uh, uh, Mr. Donnell McGee, and got a chance to um, go and speak to students about creating a clear vision statement and, and also surrounding themselves around people that's going to bring out the best in them. I say either people are going to make you better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The choice is really up to you. What type of people do you want in your life? And early on in my uh, the first launch of my book, the first year it was picked up by Howard, was at Howard University in their bookstore. And so I've traveled from uh, community college to university, speaking at like at San Jose State University, um, UC Berkeley. I've done things over at Stanford, and just really helping people to identify what it is that they would like to achieve in life. Man, that's great. You said uh, a vision statement. Can you give us an example of what a vision statement is? Yes, and I'll give you the mine when I first started on the Motivational um, Speaking Network and my vision, and this is like my first two days into a conference that Les Brown put on in Atlanta, Georgia. So it was like 11 years ago, and I still remember writing my vision statement down on a card, on a 3 by 5 index card. And I called it my vision statement but the person that was facilitating the class, his name is John DeLemme, and he called it your why card. Your why card is your, your reason, your purpose. And I said, well, I'm going to call this my vision statement, my vision card. And at that time, 11 years ago, I wrote, to become an international speaker, impacting the hearts of many people worldwide, 
providing them with tools and inspiration that will bring out the best in them. My name is Will Casey. And that's what, you know, 11 years ago, writing that down to become an international speaker, providing tools and inspiration to bring out the best in people, to help them realize their gifts, their talents, their dreams. And so it's a statement about who you are becoming. And that's what a vision is. I like to use a term and a definition. Vision is to see beyond where you are and imagine innovative possibilities. And so for me, I looked at that card on a daily basis throughout the day, and I said, this is what I am becoming. This is my vision. And so for the listeners that are listening to your powerful podcast that you're having yes. right now, I would like to say to them is think about their vision. If they look at themselves, not where they are today, but what do they want to become? And then write a statement, write it down, and those, the vision statement is words that resonate within your heart. They're powerful, inspirational words, but they're words in a statement that's speaking about your future. Right. Would it would it be something is, is you know, just kind of uh, thinking off the top of my head here uh, for me and my podcast, do I if I was to write my own vision statement, would it be something like um, my the purpose of the rabbit hole podcast is to complete 100 episodes. And through these episodes, I want to provide useful information for people to uh, continue and think about their own dreams, their own careers, and I want to impact their lives. My name is Shane Hare. There it is. Yeah. And that's the vision statement because it's something that is not done today. Yes. It is in pursuit. And that's a great vision statement there, Shane. And people often say to me, say, well, Will, what's the difference between a vision statement and a goal? I said, well, a goal has a specific start date and end date, and within that goal, there's some milestones that you reach along the way. But vision statements, they don't have a end date. That's something mm-hmm. that you're constantly pursuing, something that you're constantly going after. In a vision Big statement, difference. the best time to get started is that you, once you write the statement, you get started immediately toward that vision. That's wonderful, man. Thank you for uh, bringing that to light. So a lot of our listeners, please listen into this, what Will is saying. He's dropping some jewels right now. Turn up those radios, rewind, do whatever you need to do. But listen to this knowledge that this gentleman is providing this afternoon. Um, what's your academic path that uh, of how you got to this point today, Will? Yeah, well, I started off, and I want to share something with you because it's important as you we talk about vision and pursuing the goal and dreams that you have for yourself. Yes. I started off many years ago as a student at San Jose State University. In my second year at San Jose State, I faced academic failure. That means I was um, disqualified from the university, no longer pursued the, um, the goal of having this um, degree completion that I uh, so much aimed for, and I left Florida 3,000 miles away to travel to um, the West Coast. In that, that moment of failure, uh, I was in the student union and uh, crying, didn't know what to do. And I said, wow, uh, 3,000 miles away, and it looks like it's going to be time for me to pack up and go back home. Boy. A gentleman walked in, had my head on the table. I was crying. He tapped me on the shoulder, and he said, what's going on? What's wrong? And I couldn't say anything, but I just handed him the piece of paper from admissions and records department, and it had my disqualification. He said, walk with me. I got up, didn't know who he was. I walked with him and walked to his office, start looking around, and as we began to have a conversation, realized that this gentleman was the ombudsperson of the university. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you're willing to do all that you can do, I'm willing to help you. He said, I want to become your mentor. 
And so for the ones that are listening in, it's people yes. in your life. You may feel like you're at your, your moment where this has been most challenging, the uh, great adversity, and maybe it's been some disappointment. But people will come in your life if you're willing to give it your very best, willing to take advice and also become coachable. This gentleman by the name of S.T. Saffle and another gentleman by the name of Sam Henry, who was the um, vice president of academic affairs, became our mentors. And they said, here's the agreement. You have to meet with them. Listen to what I say. You have to. It's non-negotiable. Meet with us on a weekly basis. And we talked about everything from grades to relationships, from what I wanted to do in the future to areas of my life that I had to be vulnerable and transparent to do some real talk. And as they became my mentors, they said, we want to help you get back into the university. I took classes in summer school, was readmitted back into the university, finished three years later, went on to pursue my master's degree. My undergrad is in sociology. My master's degree completion is in counselor education. And then I spent time working as an adjunct professor. And so as we talk about a key point in life, it's important to have people in your life that know more than what you know and that can help you, that can be a mentor or a coach or a confidant that help you get to where you want to be. And so that's my educational background with undergrad in sociology and a master's degree in counselor education. That, that's, that's wonderful, Will. Can we key into the mentoring type of conversations? I think this is very important, man. Um, when you go to a mentor, like those mentors, they say, you know what, it's non-negotiable. We want to see you here every week. We're going to talk about anything that you want to talk about. When you, as a student, when you go to those mentors, are you preparing your questions ahead of time or are you going in there dry? When I say dry, just kind of just going in, just kind of meet in and have a chit chat. Or is, are you going in there with a plan of discussion? You know, are you, what, what is that process? What was the best approach for you back in those days? Well, as a kind of best approach. Yeah, and the best approach, and then it's still the same approach that I use today, and I have mentors in my life today as well, yes. is I go in with some questions early on, some right. questions that I prepared, that I thought about. And the whole goal of the mentor is that they show you the way. You think about areas in your life where you're challenged, have some challenges, or a goal, a dream that you want to reach, and you need the resources, you need the answers, you need advice, you yes. need expertise. And so I look at a mentor as a coach that's, that's won a championship. And right. as you sit down with the coach, you, you think about, you know, a mentor helping you with your game plan. And so for everyone that's mm-hmm. listening, it's important to go to your, when you find a mentor, when you look for a mentor, find someone that has accomplished or done the things that you want to do. And Very important. when you meet with them, you want to have some questions. How did you do it? Or here's an area in my life where, there's some challenges and I need some support or some advice. Or maybe I just need for you just to uh, to lend a listening ear. But you want to have some prep work before. Absolutely. So you go in there with your questions um, straight to the point um, because just your mentors, they're very busy individuals. They're taking the time out of their day to uh, coach and um, assist you in your needs. Um, so it's always very, um, I guess it will be respect, respectful to plan ahead of time that discussion and kind of guide the discussion and, um, you know, be very respectful of your mentor's time. That's great information, Will. Thank you for sharing that, sir. Um, oh, you, you're feels, and when I, I, yeah, I want to put ahead. something out there that's really important, too, because sometimes 
we get challenged in this area of mentor and mentee relationship. And one of my mentors shared this with me, and it's really critical. He said, I care more about your future than I care about your feelings. So I'm going to tell you some things that may get you to choke up and may you may shed some tears, but I see some potential and greatness inside of you, so I'm going to push you beyond where you even believe that you can go. And so it's really important because, uh, as you know, the listeners are listening on this great podcast that you have here, that when you find your mentor or a group of mentors or a mastermind group, that you want to connect yourself and have alignment with people that will see something great inside of you, but also to tell you some things that you may not want to hear at that given time, but it's going to be good for you because they see the future that you have, and they see the possibility, and they say, well, listen, I'm not going to be too concerned about your feelings right now, but I'm more invested and concerned about your future. Yeah, so what you're basically saying is don't get defensive, right? Go in there with an open mind, right. open heart, right, and and take those critical um, conversations um, very seriously but not defensively because it's done out of love and respect, um, and, and, and that's very important to go into those type of sessions with. Because I, I think today a lot of young people, and, and you know what, I have to admit, even myself as a 40-year-old man right now, um, sometimes you might get those hard words, and it's tough to not be defensive, but it's really important to understand the bigger picture of where that where that other person's intention is coming from. So be open, don't be defensive. That's right. That's great. So what skills do you need to be effective in your field, Will? Well, one of the critical skill sets is effective communication skills. And so what I mean by that is being able to practice and articulate yourself. So if the the goal is to become a speaker, is that every day that you spend some time in the mirror, um, you spend some time um, by yourself, just working on your conversation skills, that's really key. And then it takes those interpersonal development skills, such as having um, being able to be a great team player, and also being able to be a leader. And another skill set that's really key is having that critical thinking skill, being able to yeah. think critically and being able to man- maneuver and move in various environments and settings, and being able to be flexible as well, too. So being able to adapt to certain changes, changes um, in industry when the market may change or shift in a certain way, but also being able to adapt and maneuver in certain environments. And mm-hmm. for instance, uh, some of my speaking engagements, I may be at a corporation speaking with uh, like a Fortune 50 company or other situations. I may be in a juvenile detention facility or an alternative school or a four-year university. And so being able to have that um, that mindset that you can navigate in those environments and also be effective at building key relationships and networking with others, which is a key skill set. Yes. And also within this. Uh, industry, being able to set some type of goals for yourself, so goal-oriented. Goal and what's really key is having that, that mental mindset to be driven, to push yourself, to motivate yourself, being t- to be a, an innovative thinker and take an initiative mm-hmm. are some of the skills mm-hmm. that come up as I think about what it takes to really uh, thrive in this industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful information, Will. Stepping back just uh, a couple steps here. At what point, when when you were a kid growing up, you say you grew up in Florida, is that correct? Yes, at, Central Florida, at, Lake, a small city called Lakeland. That's wonderful. 
was your dreams to be a professional uh, public speaker at that point in time? Did you always want to be in this field? No, I don't. My dream wasn't to, um, and it's uh, a great question. So we, you, you bring up that question about what was my dream? Yeah. And I knew what I wanted to know. I really quite didn't know what it was, but I knew it had to be about people. I enjoy being around people and, and environments that are, that are exciting. And early on, like a little kid, when I was, I think, in elementary school, probably like fifth or sixth grade, I thought I wanted to be a farmer because I really love spending time out farming and gardening with my grandfather and my mom and planting gardens all the time. So I said something around uh, farming. But during the time when my grandfather taught me how to plant a garden, it was conversations. We always talked about stuff. So he would talk about school. He would talk about what do you want to do in your future. He had these questions for me. And then it was times where I didn't say anything, but I just listened to the wisdom of my grandfather. Mm -hmm. So even during those times in the yard and, and planting gardens, it was great conversation. And I think if I look back on my earliest memory about speaking or possibly coming a speaker, I think it was around my um, seventh grade, maybe in the seventh grade, I remember my brother had this um, this eight-track uh, player, and I had put in an eight-track, and I grabbed the microphone, and I closed the door, and I, it was an uh, eight-track player from Montgomery Ward. I still remember exactly what it looks like. It was like kind of covered in, in brown wood, and um, the dials were um, in white and black. And um, this microphone had like a red cushion at the top. And I plugged the microphone into this, this eight-track and let the eight-track play. And I closed the door, and I just started kind of talking and speaking and looking at myself in the mirror, speaking yes. so much that I had um, – I was perspiring and had sweat dripping <laughs> from my forehead. And I was just in a zone. And I didn't even know, but the door had cracked open. And when the door cracked open, my sister was standing there, and she was just smiling. And, of course, when she looked at me, I dropped the microphone because <laughs> I was embarrassed. Right, right. And, so, and so when I think about it, I believe life gives us some indications early on. Yes. about what it is that we were meant to do and meant to become and our purpose for being here. And so for the listeners, if we can think about what are some of those childhood memories or things that we remember best throughout our life, it could be something later in life, but it gave you uh, much joy, much satisfaction and pleasure, and it, and it resonates with you, and you say to yourself, this is what I really enjoy doing, no matter who's watching or no matter what it sounds like to someone else, this sounds like, feels like, and I know this is the best thing for me. And so it was around that seventh grade year. I said, okay. And it happened to me again. It was two moments in life that, you know, kind of gave me some indication of being a speaker. It happened to me again when I was playing um, high school sports. Mm. And one of my friends said, Will, you should talk to the team today. We need to be uplifted. And I never wow. knew that my peers saw me in that, in that, in that, uh, in that way. And so when I think about it with that question that you gave me, those are two um, anchor points in life that helped me to say, okay, this is something. I didn't know how to do it or what to do. It was years ago, like I said, 11 years ago when I met Mr. Les Brown that really started saying, okay, now my vision has connected with someone that can help me get to where I want to go. Wow. That's like destiny right there, right? I mean, yeah, because uh, yeah. you're at the very beginning trying to figure out how you can break in to this particular field and then right there in front of you 
is like, you know, the most inspirational speakers of our time right now, Mr. Les Brown. And then for him to be like, you know what, if you're serious, I can help you follow me. That has that had to be destiny. So 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 today, uh, well, what resources do you use to keep you fresh, man? You, you you're saying that you go into all of these environments from you know um, you know teenagers in juvenile facilities to high school students um, to uh, environments of uh, college environments and then also into corporate American environments. How do you how do you stay fluid? What resources do you use to be able to navigate and speak to these individuals at their level? Well, that's another great question, Shana. And what's really important is that keeping your mind sharp. So for me, it's constantly um, reading. It's mm-hmm. books and, and various uh, books. It could be a book on business, a book on leadership, books on, mm-hmm. on team building. And so um, a book, uh, even read about books about how the mind operates and uh, neurological development. And so reading is really key. The second thing that's key for me is studying um, other speakers in the industry. So being able to, to look, to listen, to hear, sitting on seminars, to invest in myself, to when it comes to my professional growth and development, to attend certain trainings, uh, attend certain um, professional development seminars. And the one that we've mentioned a few times this afternoon is connecting with mentors, being able to get feedback from mentors in my life. And also um, connecting myself with the mastermind group. Mastermind groups are key individuals that could be diverse in various areas. But the whole goal is being able to connect with a network of people that will challenge you, that will provide resources, and that will help you get to where you want to go. And that um, that relationship is one of those reciprocal relationships, this mutual relationship where you're working together. So those are some of the things that I do constantly challenge myself to get out of my comfort zone. Sometime in life, you know, you get real comfortable doing one thing. But I say, okay, in order to grow well, you got to challenge yourself and get um, get out of your comfort zone and to do more or expect more of yourself and to really set um, set the bar higher for yourself. So those are some of the things that I do to keep myself sharp. And, of course, I like writing. Mm-hmm. Then write, like writing uh, years ago. I mean, I remember in school I had a challenge when it came to just putting things together. So that mm-hmm. fear of before I wrote my first book, I had to overcome that because I believe sometimes we think about all the negative, the, the deficits, and we don't yes. realize the potential and the greatness and the uh, possibilities inside of ourselves. So when I first started writing, only memories I could have was that I had was, the uh, the papers that I would get back from school and I didn't make the grade mm-hmm. that I really wanted. I had to C minus mm-hmm. the D and I was like, oh, but I wanted to get better in this area, so I pushed myself. So how do you keep yourself sharp? I work on those areas that I want to develop in. And I, that's really key for the ones that are listening in right now is that you want to look at areas in your life where you're doing good or you're doing great or you're exceeding expectation. And then you want to look at some areas in your life and say, where are some areas in my life that I want to grow and develop, that I want to be better, that I want to enhance mm-hmm. the skill set? That's wonderful, man. And you key, you touched on something very important here. You had said that many of us we focus on the negative that you know the the negative feedback that we get from either you know our teachers or or maybe the groups that we're within. So that really um, 
prevents us uh, prevents us from moving forward. I, I kind of find that that's kind of like part, that's part of our society. Will, what's what's a good way to get around that? You like like you said, you, you had issues with writing, and, and I've actually come across students that's been you know they don't want to write anything. They can they have a very visual. Um, they're visual learners. They're visual processors. Um, they can tell you every detail you need to know about just about anything. They they have one of those um, uh, memories that wherever they see, they can remember it. But when it comes to writing, writing, they have a very hard struggle. What 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 ways would you suggest to get around issues like that, especially with writing, because it's so important to be able to communicate through our through 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 writing in in our society. Yeah, well, great, Shane. I want to answer that question in two parts. Yes. And the first part, this is what I do when I'm working with any audience, students, and and when I'm training um, from leaders and executives, CEOs, or school superintendents, is the first thing is I want you to think about first what are the things that you're great at. Just get that in your mind's eye and start just saying and repeating to yourself silently. Then next, take out a sheet of paper and write down at least 25 things that you're great at, almost in a way you're just doing some positive self-talk about yourself, a little bit like an affirmation. And begin to now not only think about it, but to see yourself in those things that you've thought about and the things that you have written down on a piece of paper. And so that's the mental mindset exercise, the positive mindset exercise I like to do at the beginning. Nice. And so when it becomes, when it comes to like a subject matter area, and you want to improve on your writing, one of the topics that I use and I do for myself, I'll take a positive word, and I'll write down, say for instance, amazing, and I'll write a just a half paragraph about what is amazing. How is it? How do I? view amazing in my life, what are some amazing moments that's happened to me in my life, some amazing moments that's happened to other people in their life, and some amazing moments I want to see in the future. And then I share with individuals, you know, you do that type of exercise, that's like one of the positive motivational ones that I like to do. But yes. then you start thinking about something of what can you, what what do, what resonates with you that you want to write about? You think mm-hmm. about a topic, it could be family, it could be a world, it could be something in the community. Almost do it like a piece of poetry or spoken word. But if you have something that you really tell, I'm going to write about this. And the goal I share with people is that take out a sheet of paper, fold it in half. And then once you fold it in half, then you fold it again. And so once you open it up, it's pretty much you have four quarters. Yes. And so when you write, don't focus on writing a full page. No. I want you to break it off and just write what I call just uh, bite-sized pieces. Just write a quarter page in that one small quarter area of the paper. And then that's mm-hmm. that's what you do for day one. And then day two, write another quarter. And then day three, you know, now you're getting ready to write seventy five percent of the paper. And then day four, you write that last that last quarter of the paper. And so within a um, like four days time, and sometimes you know it may take a fifth day, you have one one page. So the goal is now you develop that now you're developing that that muscle in the brain. Yes. Yes. Developing the creativity. And then I challenge you, but say, okay, now for the next week, I want you to write a page, a page a week. Just one page for the week. You got seven days, so one page a week. So you do that right. for thirty days. And then the next challenge is now, the next month, 
you're going to write a page a day. Mm. I see where you're going and, here. Yes, that's how you do it. And you and now, so in a writing exercise, I give a little bit more challenge. I say, okay, now today, write about something that you've seen and on your way going to work, on your way going to school. Write about a billboard, or then the next topic could be write about someone that you met, something that you mm-hmm. that, that maybe you heard something on the radio or a certain song. Write about your feelings, your expression of the song. If you were the artist or you had the lyrics to that song, how would mm-hmm. you alter that song or what would you add to it? That's great. That's great. So taking those small steps and building up to to you know the the the, the longer pages or more pages. Um, building up to adding those very intricate details, but it's just that process of just getting started small and, and building up that muscle as you go along. I really like the first part of your question too, Will. Very great feedback. The 25 things of what's great about yourself, right? And then actually see yourself in those great things. So when that negative talk start, you know, entering into your mind, you got to have that mental strength and fortitude to be like, you know what, nah, that's not correct because these are the 25 great things about me. And then as I think about those 25 great things, more things will start appearing in my mind. And every time that negative talk come in, you combat it with those 25 things that you bring down. That's great information, Will. Thank you again for being on this podcast, man. I'm I'm feeling good just talking to you today. And I'm sure that who's ever listening – I'm, I'm sure they're on they're on the same vibration. Well, Shane, I appreciate you having me. Like I said, on this on this super Sunday that we're having, a spectacular Sunday, and a yeah. sharpening Sunday because we, we've been on this conversation <laughs> on this podcast sharpening one another. So thank you all for having me as a guest today. Anytime, sir. What challenges do you face in your field? And you know, the second part of the question would be the challenges that you face. How do you resolve them? Well, another another great question. The challenge in, in this field has been an, an entrepreneur, and I'm pretty sure you have some entrepreneurs um, listening in. You you constantly are developing yourself. And so some challenges could be as you're building your business, uh, you go out there and you look at a certain area of the marketplace that you want to um, develop relationships with, and those areas could be challenged by you may hear no a lot. People are like, well, no, we it's no need for a speaker at this time or we don't have any um, need for personal development coach or, or trainer to come inside of our organization or a business. And, you know, also I do business development coaching. We don't have a, a need for that. So those are constantly challenges within within the industry. And a lot of um, response that I get from individuals comes from or interest comes from word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And so in challenges, you know, with using our various means now of um could be technology. I was just talking with someone today, and they said, hey, um, I got a chance to look at one of your YouTube videos, and yes. the one that you were talking about, um, like tips for for how to survive in a corporate environment and what are some key skill sets that you need to be successful. And yes. so um, one of the things uh, as, a, as a challenge, have to find various means of connecting with people. It could be from putting up like what you're doing, a podcast to Having a blog out there to uh, positive videos, yes. Uh, to uh, doing uh, some written work or things um, using Facebook or Instagram, and so it's always um, finding ways to get a message or get your product, your service 
about who you are out into the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And then how overcome that. those, yeah, how overcome those challenges. What's really mm-hmm. key for me is connect, connecting with others in the business. Mm-hmm. It's also having that network because, you know, people within that network kind of understand. So if you're in the, you know, say, for instance, in the health field industry and the mental wellness, uh, mind wellness, body and, and soul wellness industry, and people know what are some of the um, the high points and low points of that industry. And so it's important to connect with people in that industry where you build that relationship. If you're in the industry when it comes to providing uh, community development services, community-based services and organizations, people within that nonprofit setting or when that operate in that industry, they know what are some of the hurdles. Right. So when you have a relationship and you build a network, it's important to, to connect and have a conversation. And the last part, number three, how I overcome those challenges, yes. I go back to my vision statement. I go back to the the one that I wrote many years ago, eleven years ago, and said I said to myself, I said, Well, what is your vision? To become a worldwide international speaker, impacting the hearts of others, providing inspiration tools that help them achieve the goals and dreams that they want in their life. I'm Will Kaysen. And so yes. I go back and I read that over and over again and then I'll speak it. But also what I do with myself and how do you overcome those challenges? And for the listeners that are listening in, I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna pause a little bit when I say each one because I want the listeners that listen in to really catch this, and I want them to write it down. But I, what I say to myself is, I am awesome. I am amazing. I am bold. I am courageous. I am committed. I am determined. I am dedicated. I am all this and some. Watch out, world. I am here. So for me, those are some affirmations that I give myself. And I'm saying to everyone that's listening to this podcast is have some type of affirmation, some type of theme that will push you because all of us will be faced with challenges in life. And when we're faced right. with challenges, it's up to us to have the heart to say, I'm going to come out of this challenge with a courageous heart and move forward, or I have the, the choice to stay in this challenge and become a coward. Mm, Question that's is, what you don't want to do. Do I want to be right? Do I want to be courageous and so I'm going to move forward and not stay where I am and become a coward? That's what I don't want in life. So those affirmations pushes me to say, okay, here's the point that is requiring me to be courageous. Here's the place in my life that's requiring me to increase my level of commitment. Yes. And then I'm real with myself. When right. there's a challenge and I may feel a certain way or I'm, I'm thinking a certain way, I said, okay, I'm thinking this certain way, but I'm not going to allow this way of thinking to overcome me. I'm going to shake it off and keep moving. Mm. And that's really important is to have that real conversation with ourselves, to be real with ourselves and to be open and honest with ourselves. And then at times, it's important to get some feedback from others. I mean, you sit down with others and say, hey, look, this is what I'm going through. Challenge I'm having. Can, can I sit in and, and chat with you for a few minutes about this? And I want to be open to some advice. Okay. What's your perspective on education for for our young men and, and young women? Yeah, and, and it's great that you put that question out there and you talked about the previous generations and our parent generation. 
and I remember hearing it from my mom and hearing it from elders in my community. And the ones that early on in life, they, they went and they worked. Like for my, my mother, um, she had to work early on in her life and didn't have the opportunity uh, for college. And same with my, my her parents, my, my grandparents, didn't have that same opportunity mm. um, I have today. But I remember hearing something constantly throughout my community when I would speak with my elders. And my elders would share with me, they first always had a question. They said, what is it that you want to do in your life? I mean, they always hit you with this question. And you had to be ready to start talking about something. And I'm glad that question was there because that question helped create some hope. And that question was just like a one-word answer. When they spoke that question into your life, you had to have some type of conversation. And the next thing the elders would say, they said, I want you to get all the education that you can get. They say, maximize it. All the knowledge that you can get. It, it said, and they had this phrase, say, because once you get the knowledge and you have the education, what's inside of you, no one can never take that away from you. And so those conversations, I mean, these are like wise, you know, grandparents, great-grandparents you know, that I was getting this from and uh, people that were mm-hmm. my neighbors. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that um, that I like to do when I'm talking to young people is talk with them about the value of an education, you know, completion of of high school and then going on to pursue if it's a college degree, if it's a trade, if it's a certain skill set, if it's uh, being a craftsperson, if it's um, advancing themselves to work to become an entrepreneur, if it's a certificate in um, business, certificate in negotiation, a certificate in, um, in life skills. I say you want to find out. It's a question that I have for them. They first find out what is it that you really enjoy doing that you're passionate about because, for instance, if you're passionate about education and learning and passionate about medicine, well, pursue something in that in, in that arena. If you're passionate about uh, sports, uh, pursue something in sports agents, negotiation. I'm working as an, as an advertisement. And I learned this, in, uh, one of the things that when I read Dr. Ben Carson's book, The Gifted Hands, and Dr. Carson was talking about how his, in school, I think around fifth grade, he wasn't doing quite so well in school. He was making D's and F's in school. and wasn't uh, really applying himself. And he said when he brought his report card home, his mother said, Ben, you can do better than this. I know you can. I believe in you. Well, you know, Dr. Ben Carson, um, one of the leading neurosurgeons in the world, African-American uh, male, he said it was his push that his mother gave him to say, I know you can do better than this. And that's what I say to young people when they say, well, hey, um, I don't want to pursue or I don't want to advance. I said, hey, I know you can do better. I said, first look at what it, what is it that you really want to do? What what connects with you? Is it something in the music industry? How can you maximize that? How can you own that area of that 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 that, that space? How can you own something in this space? How can you create? You know, if, it, if it's the um, the label or the fashion or training others in this industry, what can you do? How can you grow it? So education is really is really key, having that knowledge and being able to apply that knowledge and that knowledge being able to make a transformation in your life. And so, question, I'm going to say this really slow because I want to make sure everyone gets this. When I'm talking to a lot of students, I give them this question. I said, do you want to be in the same place that you are in right now a year from now? I said, when I, when I say listen to this question because this question is about spiritually, mentally, financially, 
educationally, professionally, and personally. So we look at all areas of life and say, do you want to be in the same place a year from now? Then I say two years from now, three years from now. Then we kind of take it out to like a five-year spectrum out there, five years from now. And, of course, to say, no, Mr. Will, I don't want to be in the same place five years from now. Mm -hmm. I want to advance and move forward. And I said, that's what education does for you. Because if you take a group of students and we all finish, say, for instance, high school at the same time, some will advance and go to, they may pursue a two-year degree. Some will advance and pursue a four-year degree. Some will Mm -hmm. advance and say, I'm going to go to trade school or work on my cosmetology or become a barber. I say, Mm -hmm. people will take on certain pathways. You've got to find out what is your critical pathway for success. But then you have some individuals choose not to move at all. And then when you go back and speak with them years and years later, they will say, if I had a chance to do it all over again, I would have made better choices. And my Mm -hmm. response is, now you're still here, and as long as you're breathing, as Michelangelo said, you have potential and purpose. So now do something about the place where you are right now. Advance yourself. So I'm a big component when it comes to education, and that's what works for me as a speaker. You mentioned about how did I get started off in this industry as a speaker. It was things that I had to do. Like I said, I had to do this if I wanted to do it. It's not like, well, I'm going to think about doing it. This is non-negotiable. I want to become a speaker. And to invest in myself and to get training mm-hmm. for a professional speaker, got involved in Toastmasters International, invested in Les Brown Speakers Network, and then start taking classes on how to speak, how to articulate myself, how to write and design speeches. And so mm-hmm. education is really it's a critical skill and it's an asset. It's not a liability. That's what people have to really understand as they're listening. As you think about this, and it's like, well, it's going to require an investment. Yes, it's going to require financial investment, and it's going to require a personal investment. But when we really look at it, more people will invest in things like clothes and shoes than they invest in their own education, their own personal development. And right. so when you invest in education, it has a return on your investment. That asset will continue to grow and develop that you'll be able to use throughout your lifetime. But yes. certain things that you may invest in, like a pair of shoes, I get these pair of shoes seven, eight months from now, you know, a year from now, these same pair of shoes, you know, goes by how my foot is growing, if my, <laughs> my feet are shrinking, you know, <laughs> has this been a wise investment of my time and resources? So what I want to say to the ones that are listening, just say that question to yourself. Where do I want to be a year from now, two years from now, and what am I willing to invest in to help me get to where I want to go? Right. Yeah, definitely use that money to invest in yourself. And then if you're actually buying these items that, you know, cost a lot of money, instead of buying in those clothes, buy into the company, right? Become an investor into that stock and get dividends from that, right? They, they're, they're, you know, other people buying into that, uh, buying, buying those products, that stock price go up. You get paid from that. So if you're going to become, if you're going to go ahead and buy that product, really be serious about it. Invest in yourself, invest in the stuff that you're buying by supporting that, by buying stock in that company. Very important um, lesson there, Will. And thank you for uh, bringing that to light and reminded, right, reminding us all. Um, to not waste our money on things that don't have any value at all after you spend all that money on it, but put that money back into yourself, invest in yourself. 
again, another great machine, if we really look at, when you look at education, and I was, yes. just want to share, like a, say someone that finished high school and they're going into, you know, a certain job, a certain in, industry, probably entry level, high school completion is about anywhere from fifteen to $20,000, you know, if you go yes. into a job industry. A two-year degree kind of bumps you up maybe $4,000, so you go, go like to $24,000. Now, a four-year degree, entry level, is about 30, it goes by the industry that you're in, 35, about the $35,000 uh, $35, per year um, range in salary. Now, if you advance that with a master's degree, yes. now you're bumping up to about 50000 to 55000 With a PhD, yeah, now you're up to about seventy-five dollars to $95,000 a year. Anything yes. after that, like a special certificate or certificate of completion uh, in a certain industry, you're advancing yourself anywhere from five to $10,000 with that certificate. Now, someone with a four-year degree, over their lifetime, and this means if they enter the workforce in their early uh, 20s or uh, mid-20s, and they retire around age 65, over their lifetime from like 25 years old, about 65 or 70, they will have mm -hmm. made $1.5 million. Right. And so when we look at we start looking at education and the value of education, it has it, it has a significant weight in the marketplace and certain jobs require certain le levels of education and expertise. And when you want to move up and advance within a company or organization, it requires that skill level and expertise and always advancing yourself. And, and that, so that's, that's important. That's a quick little snapshot of Yes, yes, indeed. And then to piggyback onto that, Will, not not only does it make you more valuable in the workplace, but through education, it it opens your mind up to other ways of thinking, other concepts, other theories, um, new ideas, right? You might have been on this one path, but then through education and study and research, you discover something else that you may have, have a, right. had a you have a passion for. So it definitely opens up, uh, uh, you know, opportunities in, in business and careers. But then other uh, opportunities that you may have never even known have existed. So it's, it's definitely a, a great way to expand, span yourself and spend your time learning um, versus, you know, being at home playing video games or just hanging out with uh, folks that's not doing anything for themselves um, is my personal opinion. Well, what what do you see in the future of uh, lifestyle coaching um, and coaching um, the youth. This this forecast out a hundred years from now, where do you see your industry going? Wow, that's hmm, that's yeah. That one is um, one. <laughs> give on. That's that's the one to really think about. I mean, yes, sir. The reason I, I say that. Is, um, I remember when I first uh, just finished graduate school, and my graduate advisor, he said to me, he said, well, you, you want to think about, you know, the counseling field is going to take a shift. It's going to be a paradigm shift where you're going to see more um, counseling taking place, you know, over using technology. And I thought about that, and I thought he was crazy. I said, no way, because everything I read in school was about the client and the counseling relationship about developing that relationship by having that face-to-face -face contact. And then as the technology emerged, and I've seen the advancements of 
technology. What my advisor was sharing with me about 15 years ago is taking place in industry right now. Yes. And I thought to myself, I said, wow, I wish I would have listened to him <laughs> 15 years ago because he was telling me this information that we are actually seeing right now in the yes. industry. But from what I was understanding, and that was a lesson learned because he had 25 to 30 years older than me, that he had more insight. I said, wow, you you, you, you missed the mark on that one. But now I'm, I go back on it, I look at that, I said, okay, now we'll open your ears and be ready to hear things that you may miss that's going to benefit you. And so for me, I see the industry with motivational speaking and personal development really advancing um, how technology is, but I see it do, doing it in, you know, real quick pieces, you know, and people are getting information really quick and really fast, like small vignettes of information, being able to um, connect with people while I'm using multimedia and, and using various means of technology from what we're doing here with this podcast to cell yes. phones to people who have their laptops and, you know, even, you know, when they're in their car and navigation and, you know, motivation like navigation vehicle pop up. And then I see, um, too, when I look at generation in which um, that we're connected to a generation of young people, I see it more of a collaborative effort. Yes. You know, where people are coming together and collaborating more with that you'll see pockets of people and pockets of people in the industry and developing more cohort groups and really having a social conscience and taking action, you know, as, as a collective collective group. Yes, yes. Sharing sharing those ideas. There's not these silos, so to speak. Um, everybody right. is coming together, um, you know, discussing their ideas, work working on themselves, moving forward, and then most importantly, using the technology um, to to get the information, to share the information, to push out the information. That's great, Will. At Let's go ahead and shift. We only have a few minutes left. I want to be very conscious of your time. Once again, I really appreciate you taking time out of your Sunday uh, to talk with us here at the Rabbit Hole Podcast. And for all of our listeners today, we're actually talking to a very motivating, very educated, very articulate man, Will Casson. Is that Casson? C-A-S-O-N? Am I pronouncing that right, Will? Casson. Yeah. Kason, Will Kason. And if you've been listening, you understand that he's dropping some very great motivational type tips for you to actually use today, right now. Rewind, replay, and listen. Get your notepads out as Joe Madison would say, you're on the you're on the yellow bus. Let's take this ride. And we've been on this ride for the last <laughs> hour or so. <laughs> so, at, at well, Sam, I'm, I'm enjoying. I'm having a great time speaking with you and being a part of this podcast, like I mentioned. And we're sharpening one another. I'm getting information and gaining from you as well as knowledge that you're dropping. That's wonderful, sir. Thank you very much. So, I like to get to this point of the the podcast where we kind of wind down. I just just ask you, just you know, everyday questions for everyday people type of things. The first question is, what is your favorite part of the day? Wow, well, I would say, you know, when I wake up, being able to um, see my wife and five kids, that's the thing, you know, getting my day started and being able to um, just when you walk in the house and, and seeing family and getting the joy out of when I hear their voices. And sometimes I'm up early in the morning before everyone is up. Uh, and then there's mornings where 
the kids up getting ready for school. So that's the first, you know, that's uh, that's a big inspiration in my life. My wife, Kimberly, and um, our five kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. In your next t- lifetime, what would you come back to Earth as? You know, well, if I had one of those questions, you know, um, well, you know, I believe in eternity. Um, one, believing that um, my life will be spent in heaven. Okay. And if I if I had the question, someone said, "Well, well, what you know, if you." Um, to become or be something besides who you are today, what would it be? Mm-hmm. And for me, I would say it would be a tree. Yeah, an oak tree. An oak tree. That's yeah. wonderful, man. In the future, in the future, what technology from today will still be around? No, ah, it's so advanced. I believe in the future uh, we'll still have some type of uh, cell phones, but with the cell phones that it advanced uh, at a new stage where we can actually create holograms from cell phones mm-hmm. that we'll be able to beam and, and see each other here you know, from a hologram type of image. Mm-hmm. The hologram can be shown in um, various, you know, uh, in various. Place it right from the tap of your cell phone. Excuse me. In okay. The, um, in, a, in, a, in a different, I mean, in a different way. Uh, you know, I know we have these handheld devices, but I believe that it will, uh, it will be like even on um, a piece of fabric on your clothing. That would be, I mean, mm-hmm. just that close. Wearables. Uh, like on a shirt, on a uh, on a pair of jeans, or yeah, it, it could be that that type of way instead of holding it. You can just press, you know, something on a piece of fabric that you're wearing. Mm. It'll be a wearable type of technology. Okay. What's your favorite pastime, Will? Uh, one of my favorite ones is sitting on the porch uh, with my grandfather and having conversation as a kid. I mean, we would sit on the porch and, uh, like, in a, his he, while I was watching him in his rocking chair, mm-hmm. and having conversations and then watching him go to sleep while he's talking after a certain time. And as a little kid, you know, being eight years old, seven years old, can't wait for him to wake up to to share some more. And he would wake up and pick up right where he left talking mm-hmm. on that conversation. So that's, I'm big on, on family, big on, you know, I'm a country boy, grew up in the country, and I'm, I'm just big on what I call porchology. And that's mm-hmm. sitting on the porch and learning from from your elders and learning from the ones that um, that prayed and, and that actually sacrificed their life in order for a generation that they wouldn't even see to have better and brighter days ahead. And so that's my favorite pastime. I, you know, I, I miss that. You know, uh, my grandfather passed away, went on home to glory when I was in my second year, third year of college, actually. But that's my favorite pastime, those conversations. Porchology. Do you still have porchology with your sons? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, we 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 sit, we chat, we talk. I give them uh, tidbits of um, 
wisdom and knowledge and things that's helped me. Yes. And I listen, you know, with their um, things that they're going through, things that they want to do. And those those conversations are, are real key, yeah. So that, that porchology with my kids as well. I like that, porchology. I like that a whole bunch. Have you ever heard of the term Afrofuturism? Afrofuturism? No, that's a new one for me. Can you uh, attempt to uh, break it down and just, you know, come up with your own definition of what Afrofuturism could be? Well, uh, if I break down Afrofuturism, for me, that will be the the future and the vision for African ancestry of the future and the vision that we see for... um, the generations to come. Yes. And how we breathe life into that generation. As I said earlier about my pastime, about the sacrifices and the wisdom that the elders would give for a generation that they would not even see, that they believe of great possibilities and a better future for them. That's what I would look at as Afrofuturism for me, being able to to look at, you know, people of um, Afrocentric culture, background, ideology, and belief. Yes. And when I think about, you know, many years ago, Carolyn and I got a chance to go to Northern Africa and spend time on going inside the pyramid. Mm. Is, um, is, is, you know, the generation of, um, you want to look at history from a historical perspective of, of Africans and the pyramids and how trading was done in mathematics and in mm-hmm. life principles that we use today mm-hmm. is that um, I see that futurism being, you know, what will that that next future of our people be? And what will we do today to breathe life into that, that it can become the way that we would like for it to be? I dig it, man. And I, I like think, that a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, and I think what we have to do, and not only think, but I know what we have to do, is right. look into the eyes of our community and our mm-hmm. young boys and our young girls. And I say this to young boys all the time, that you are, I, I greet them by saying, hello, young king. And no matter where they are, what they're doing, what their lifestyle is, what choices that they've made, I address them by hello, young king. Mm-hmm. And I do the same for our young girls when I talk to young girls, and I'm doing a speaking engagement and I say, hello, good afternoon, young queen. And sometimes the girls, they get really giggling, like, he called me a queen. And I say to them, yes, because that's what you are becoming. And so that's what Without I would doubt. think that future is. That's what being able to, to speak it into existence. One last question for you, Will. What is your favorite technology or app that you use today? And when I say, uh, I app, say one. application. One of my favorite ones that I'm using today, well, one of the, my favorite ones, of course, is a device that I'm holding, the cell phone. And then the one that I'm using today that is real great for me because I'm getting ready for a, a race in a few weeks, a half marathon, is the, the app that deals with fit, fitness. The personal fitness app. 
one reason I like that one because it helps me to be accountable when I go out to do my run, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm doing my walking to to monitor, um, and I can see the progression. You know, today did I uh, did I peak up a little higher, or do I need some areas in which I need to set a new goal for to improve on? But it keeps me moving. I know when I press that app button, uh, that that screen turns green and says start, and I press that start button. It's time to get moving, and so. But then when I say stop, uh, a pause and stop, then I'm able to see the course of what I've done for the whole week. So now right. this place is where I am today, getting ready for this new fitness thing that I'm on to do a competition. That's one of my favorite ones for, um, for this season right now. Okay. Thanks again, Will, for spending your Saturday, I'm sorry, our, your Sunday with us. The information that you provided, the discussion that we had, was very, um, was was very hearty for for my spirit and heart. So I really appreciate you taking the time. For our listeners, how can folks contact you um, through, you know, from the social media perspective? Yes, well, they can find me on. Of course, um, if you do a uh, search on Will, that's with one L, W I L C A S O N, W I L C A S O N, you'll see various um, videos. Um, one on YouTube, I have a YouTube uh, channel, it's called uh, Will Kaysen Inspire. You'll see a series of videos and a couple of interviews that I've done. And on Facebook, it's Will Kaysen, W-I-L-C-A-S-O-N. And the website is willkaysen.com. And if you want to reach me directly, I'm always excited to speak with someone, just like I'm having a great conversation and time with you here, Shane. Yes. Uh, Spiritual Field Supernatural Sunday. <laughs> you know, I'm always available. We <laughs> can chat over the phone and uh, contact me directly at 510 510- That's great. So make sure you reach out to Will. He provided some very valuable resources. He told us about the the master. What's that? The masterminds. Uh, He gave a a very good resource about Ben Carson. I actually found a a very good um, uh, quote that I think is fitting for our conversation today. And it goes, uh, I think one of the keys to leadership is recognizing that everyone has gifts and talents. A good leader will learn how to harness those gifts towards the same goal. Benjamin Car- Carson. So, like Will, thank, thanks again. And I want to wish you the very best of success in all that you do. Um, you know, I've, I've been watching you for, you know, the last few years and watching your videos, watching you online, of course, our wives, uh, they know each other. They're, they're, they're very dynamic, very strong, um, very intelligent women. And our paths uh, cross from time to time, man. And every time that I cross your path, man, I, I have that same feeling that I have today, man. I feel full. Um, you're very positive. Your energy is great, man. You have a great family. And I just want to wish you the very best in everything in life that you do and, you know, that you're going to do in life. And most of all, man, I know you said that you have a half marathon coming up, man. I want you to, um, you know, do well in your training and then most importantly, um, you know, go into your, your marathon 
strong and, and complete it, man. And uh, most of all, have fun with it, man, because yeah, you're going to have a great time. Well, hey, Shane, I received that. And um, thank you again for having me part of this podcast. And uh, blessings to you and the family. And you're absolutely right that we are, brother, we are blessed to have um, wonderful wives in our lives that, that support <laughs> us and that encourage us to do these goals and dreams that we have. And I want to thank you for being a, a great example. Yes, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. You're very much welcome. All right, folks, that was our guest. And once again, I'm Shane. And if you want to reach me, you can reach me on my Facebook fan page. That's uh, facebook.com forward slash the rabbit hole podcast. We're also developing our own website right now, shanehair.net. You'll find our uh, list of podcasts on there as well. If you want to reach me directly, just go ahead and reach me right at shane at shanehair.net. And as we always end all of our podcasts, I just like to say, be curious of life to discover new experiences and always envision yourself in the future. Peace. This is the Rabbit Hole Podcast. Peace. <laughs>